So I want to focus on Numbers 14:28. It says, "So tell them as surely as I live, declares the Lord." This is not Moses. This is the Lord. I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. Today, I want to talk about the power of your words. You know, previously I preached twice on the language of your heart. So consider this as the language of your heart, part three. And my question is, which language have you been speaking lately? Okay. Psalm 19.14 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength, my redeemer. Okay? Your words that you speak, they are outcome of what is in your heart. Right? The phrase, I'm sorry, I didn't mean what I said, is a lie. Because even if you regretted it later, in that moment, you meant every word. Hmm? Your words are like building blocks that you use to build your house. Okay? But once you say it, guess what? You can't take it back. It becomes a part of your house. Hmm? Today, I want to talk about the language of your heart. What's in your heart? Ask your neighbor, what's in your heart? You know, like if you look at husband and wives. Hus- married? Married? Raise your hand. Husband and wives, or uh, mother and and daughter, parental, or even friends. A lot of times, when we get mad, once you hurt me, like I become so angry that I'll use words to hurt you back. And then after, when 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 I feel all better, like oh man, I didn't really mean what I said. Like I really don't want you to die. But you know what? Even if you repented on your knees, you're going to hear about those hurts that, those words that hurt your loved ones, not just months, but years later. Even when you're not around, your, your loved one will be hearing those words. Even if long after you repented of those words, words are powerful. They are permanent. It becomes part of who you are permanently. Hmm? Whatever is in your heart comes out in your words. And your words establish yourself and people around you. Okay? It's like, I want you to imagine like our words, like every word that you speak, they're going before us to prepare a road. Like there's no road. But the words that you speak become a road and you step on it. And depending on what kind of words that you speak, it will lead you to a destiny that is fitted to the words that you speak. So if you have negativity in your heart, guess what? You're going to speak negative words. And guess what? It's going to take you. You're going to end up somewhere negative. You hear me? Numbers 14.28 says, as surely as I live. And guess what? God lives forever. I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. You know what that means? It's permanent. What you say, God is going to make sure that it happens to you. So you better be very careful with your words. Hmm? What you say means a lot to your future. Whether you meant it or not. Whether you were careless with it or not. 
And the question is, in what ways are you establishing your future with your words? There are two languages. The language of God, the language of the devil. The language of faith or the language of unbelief. Okay? Do you speak words that establish, establish your, your heart in faith? Or do you speak words that establish yourself, your heart in unbelief? I'll never get that job. My husband will never change. I don't belong here. How many times did we hear that, right? God will never heal me. I'm stuck here forever. I used to say this, and I had to break it in Jesus' name, right? I'm going to grow old all by myself. Me and me, myself and I, right? I will never be powerful in my ministry. These words establish, these words establish your heart. And guess what? You are creating your own future with your words. We're going to look at all these verses that you, you, you read. So get your Bible out or look up there. Okay, Numbers 13 and 14. What? Moses sends out 12 spies to explore the land of Canaan. And in, in Numbers 13 verse 1, it says, God told him to send the spies out to explore the land which God is giving it to them. Not Maybe I will. He's saying, I will give this land to you, but go explore it. And their job was to just explore it. You know what I mean? See what it's like. Are the people strong or weak? What kind of land is it? Is it good or bad? Huh? Are the towns unwalled or is it fortified? How's the soil? Is it good? Is it bad? It says, do your best. They didn't have to do make anything. They didn't have to change anything. They didn't have to fight anybody. You understand? All they had to do was go look, explore, bring back the report, and bring some fruit. Right? Some of the fruit of the land. But these people, 10 out of 12, because the unbelief was already inside of their heart, they came back with the words of unbelief, and guess what? They spread that bad report. Right? Look at this. Chapter 13, verses 31 through 33. Is that up there? But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we look the same to them. See these words that they, they establish themselves in those words. We can't attack them. They're going to devour us where we are like grasshoppers to them. These words created a road that God wasn't even going to change. You understand? The words that they spoke became a street, became a road, and they followed their words. And they had no one to blame but except for themselves. Hmm? Grasshopper mentality does not please the Lord. He doesn't feel sorry for you. He doesn't feel bad for you. He's not there, oh, oh, you feel bad. No. In actuality, it makes him angry. Hmm? You look like a grasshopper in your own eyes because you believed it in your heart. If you didn't believe it, you will laugh even when somebody called you a grasshopper. 
I remember a few years ago, a few people, a couple of people left our church before they got really involved, you know. And so we reached out to them. Oh, so you're leaving the church? And, and they said, yeah. Oh, what happened? What's going on? Well, we want to go to a church where they preach Jesus Christ. And so that's exactly what we did, Caroline. You know, it's like if we weren't sure, are we preaching Christ or not? You know, we'll be like, oh, we better. No, because we knew for sure. That's all we preach. Christ Jesus is the way, right? We preach Christ everywhere we go. And so when they said that, we just smiled at them. And when they walked out, Benjamin and I, we looked at each other and we just laughed. We just laughed. It didn't phase us at all. Because what we believed in our heart, it didn't move us. But if you weren't sure about who you are, you know what? I'm going to leave your church because I feel like you have no power. (gasps) Really? Right? If you really believe that you are moved... But if you truly know who you are, whatever you believe in your heart, hmm? there are two ways that God, not God, there are two ways that you or the enemy or God, you could choose God's language or you could choose the enemy's language. Two ways used to spread the word, either good report or bad report. There's no middle ground. Right? There's no middle ground. Okay? Depending on which language you speak, you will be used to spread either a good report or a bad report. Okay? When the language of your faith, your heart is faith, you automatically spread a good report. Okay? When people see you, they want what you have. People will acknowledge and praise God because of you. However, if your language of your heart is unbelief, right? you automatically spread the bad report. Just like this 10 spies, right? They spoke words of unbelief before people, before God, before Moses. They're too strong for us. Hmm? And you know what happened? Bad report reproduces itself. It does. Hmm? Your bad report establishes people that are under your influence. So as Christians, when you speak negative words, when you complain about this or that, it's not just you just, I'm just sharing what I'm, you know, struggling with. It's not just sharing your heart, but you also, you are establishing those that are under your influence with those negative words. And you are recreating, reproducing yourself. And I'm not saying you can't talk about concerns at all. We need to talk about it. But if you're not going, if you're not going to be a part of a solution, your words just become words of unbelief. Your words just become the devil's language. I don't care how concerned you are. If you're not going to be a part of a solution with faith, it just becomes the language of the devil. Right? Think about it. Is there somebody, I mean, we all have one of those. Someone in your life that always complains. They're going through something. They're every, you know, every time you call, every time you see them, how are you? Oh, I'm going through this. I'm going through that. And I'm struggling with this. And I'm struggling with that. And when you, like, build intimate relationship with that kind of people, you know what happens? Like, you feel comfortable. 
And automatically, you, you, you talk about, yeah, yeah, it's been hard for me too because, you know, my boss or, and this and this. And then even if you're like, you know, next time I'm going to be, I'm going to be positive around that person and try it. And next time you go and you try to be that positive, you just feel awkward. Like something's not right. And what ends up happening is as you share negative words with one another, no matter how much heart you're sharing with one another, it's like, okay, let's, uh, let's stone ourselves. Let's drown ourselves in negativity. And no one will be able to uh, deliver us from this. And, you know, a lot of times that kind of mindset, even when somebody tries to come and encourage you, your heart is like the Israelites. Let's stone them. When Joshua and Caleb would say, no, you guys, we could do this. They wanted to stone them, right? But when you spend time with those faith-filled people, your faith automatically arises and just life looks good. Huh? You walk away from that person excited, happy, full of faith. Right? I mean, there, there are certain people you just, you just hang out with and you walk away. You know what? God is good and life is good. Think about it. What kind of report are you spreading? When people walk away from you, do they feel like life is ending? Or do they feel like life is good? Hmm? What kind of report are you spreading? Your words establish people in exact words that you speak. You know why? Because your words are powerful. God created heavens and the earth with what? And we are his children. There's blessings and curses in our tongue. Right? Look at uh, chapter 14, verses 1 through 4. Is this what group 2 did? That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. Okay, and then Ravi, read the rest for me. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Next. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to about it because of those 10 unbelieving spies the whole community is crying and unbelieving and planning rebellion there are like millions of people and because of 10 people that spread bad report because of 10 people of unbelief it spread all throughout the community and the whole israelites are crying out Wanting to go back to their bondage. Wanting to go back to the old ways. Wanting to rebel. Hmm? Your words are powerful. Whatever you use, your words not only doesn't it affect, does it affect you, but your words establish others in it. And now you're making a road not only for yourself to destruction and unbelief, but now you're taking the whole community with you. Your words are powerful and they establish people in it. Right? What's in your heart? Faith or unbelief? Ask one another. What's in your heart? 
Did you know whatever is in your heart creates atmosphere around you? Your words are used to build that atmosphere. Benjamin calls it glory. It's your glory. And a long time ago, I preached this thing on the DNA of your kingdom. Each one of us, we have a kingdom. And when you enter into my DNA, when you enter into my world, guess what? You're going to experience the DNA of my kingdom. Is it joyful? Is it happiness? Is it childlike faith? When you enter, you're going to enjoy that with me. And when you walk away, you're going to take some of that with you. But there are some people, when you enter into their kingdom, their glory, all you experience is negativity, unbelief, hopelessness. Right? Your whatever is in your heart, which come which comes out in your words, establishes your the atmosphere around you. I don't care how much you know what you want or not. It's like it's it's your words and whatever is in your heart that establishes it. You hear me? Do people get built up or torn down? Do people walk away from your atmosphere with faith? Or do they walk away with hopelessness? The language of your heart will determine which, you, which words you will listen to also. You know, seriously, if your heart is full of faith, you are, guess what, attracted to the words of faith and you listen to that. But if you, your, your heart is just full of unbelief and fear and anxiety, when you hear the words of faith, you want to stone it. But when you hear the words of complaining and negativity you are attracted to that and you hear those words seriously look at this uh 14 verses 5 through 10 let's see who wants to read francis read this for me Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid. You hear these words of faith? Their protection is gone. I don't care how strong they're. God is with us, guys. We could do this. These words of faith. Man, if somebody spoke like that, we'll be like, yay, let's take over the world. Hmm? But the whole assembly talked about stoning them for speaking the words of faith. You know why? Because already before Joshua and Caleb spoke these words of faith, already in their hearts were unbelief. Hmm? Because of what was in their heart, guess what? They They listened, they chose to listen to the bad report. And not this life-giving, faith-building words of Joshua and Caleb. Hmm? Which words do you listen to? Hmm? And you could be that Joshua and Caleb. And you're speaking the truth and people want to stone you. You know what that means? You don't back down. 
Because what happens at the end? Joshua and Caleb, they enter the promised land and the others don't. Don't give up on your inheritance because of negativity, because of the unbelief in the hearts of others. Hmm? Depending on which language you speak from your heart, you are, listen to this, this is pretty crazy. Depending on which language you speak in your heart, you are either honoring God or treating him him with contempt. Verse 11, it says, The Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the signs I have performed among them? Hmm? Your refusal your refusal to believe in God is treating him with contempt. You know, so many of us, don't you have, like, I could ask you, do you have a testimony? Yeah. All of you, you have a testimony of how God came through. But you know what? In new situation, you don't rely on that. And you get shaken by situation. But you know what? God is saying, how many more do I have to prove to you that I'm God? And I'm here to bless you. If, if you refuse to believe, you are treating God with contempt. Hmm? I think what's amazing is... Even God is established in the words that he spoke. Even God. Listen, listen to this. Verse 17 through 18. Okay? Uh, let's see. Alicia, read for me. Now may the Lord's strength be displayed just as we have declared. The Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love, and forgiving sin and rebellion. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children for the sin of the parents. Okay. Um, we we read the wrong one. Wait, which one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is it. That is it. And then verse twenty. Verse twenty. Read verse twenty. The Lord replied, "I have forgiven them." Okay. So. People are rebellious, so God is saying, Moses, I'm going to kill them all, and I'm just going to bless you. And Moses is, is, is saying, God, remember what you said. Just as you declared. Everybody say, just as you declared. God, you said that you are slow to anger, and you are abounding in love, and, that, that, that you, that, and forgiving sin and rebellion. And, God, and Moses reminding God, this is what you said about yourself. I mean, God spoke. He said, I'm going to destroy them. And then Moses reminds God, remember God? This is what you said, that you are slow to anger, abounding in love, forgiving sin and rebellion. And you know what? Even God was established. God took the road of what he said. And because of what he said, guess what? He said, you know what? Okay, I have forgiven them as you have asked. Even God. Moses knew this. That's why. So it's good to know what God said. Because in your situation, you say, God, remember what you said? Remember what you said? He can't go back on his words. Because even his words create a road. And we could jump on that street with faith. Do you know how powerful that is? Seriously. Do you know how powerful 
That is. It says, as surely as I live, I will do to you the very thing I have heard you say. And you know, this is what I said. In this wilderness, your bodies will fall. That's why you, you say your bodies will fall. Okay, your bodies will fall. Every one of you, 20 years old or more, who was counted in the census and who has grumbled against me, not a one of you will enter the land as war. Whatever you said, I will make sure to do it. Hmm? I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. What are you saying lately? What have you been saying lately? Maybe not to one another, but maybe in your heart. What kind of road are you, are you laying before yourself? Are you establishing doom? Or, you, or are you establishing breakthrough? Your words are that powerful. Hmm? But listen to this. I'm Korean-American. I speak English and Korean. A lot of times in Christianity, we speak two languages. We speak both. We are bilingual. We speak God's language and we speak the devil's language. Seriously. Hmm? In the spiritual world... Speaking two languages, it's not good. Hmm? You either have to speak God's or the devil's. But so many of us, we feel so comfortable speaking both. If you only spoke one language, you would be so uncomfortable when you enter the different world. If you only spoke Chinese and you came to America and everybody's speaking English, you would have no idea what they're talking about and you will not feel comfortable, right? But we speak both. We're comfortable with negativity and complaining. We're comfortable with words of faith and encouragement. We're bilingual. And you know what we call that here? Heck of fake. You know what the world calls it? Hypocrisy. Hmm? You are determining your future by the language that you speak. What kind of road are you building? Let me give you a definition of the language, of a language. A body of words and systems for their use common to a people who are of the same community or nation. You know what that means? Is your language common to God or common to Satan? Hmm? Is God sharing the same language that's in your heart or, or is Satan speaking? the same language. Is it common to Satan or is it common to God? And I just imagine, as I was preparing this, I just imagine like a bunch of Christians who loves the Lord surrounded by demons speaking their language of complaining and, and, and murmuring and, and, and unbelief surrounded by the demons. When you choose one language and you become fluent in it, you could even hear even the whisper of the person. So when you're speaking the God's language, it's not hard to hear God. God could just whisper something and you hear it. And your heart is full of faith. But then if you're speaking the devil's language, the devil could just whisper something and you hear it. And you follow it. And you are established in it. You know, 
this weekend, Benjamin and I, well, not weekend, Monday, Benjamin and I went to Monterey. Hallelujah. All right? And so we drove Aletia to San Luis Obispo to where my sister is. And then we drove back to Monterey, about two hours of drive. And a lot of times when you've been married, like, it's been 12 years for us. After 12 years, there's nothing much to really, nothing new to talk about. Right? And so a lot of times, you know, most of drives look like this. I'm laying down, sleeping, and I look at him, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Do something. What? I don't know. Sing or, or tell me a joke or do something. I get so bored and frustrated in those long drives, right? And then this time I thought, you know, we haven't gone for we haven't gone away together for a while, so we should, you know. So I was feeling that frustration. Oh, oh, two more hours. Oh, my, I hate this. I hate waiting, right? I would rather, like, run four hours and do something instead of sitting there for two hours waiting. And so we've got to do something different. And so I asked Benjamin, Benjamin, let's establish each other in our strengths. So we're going to take turns. You tell me what I'm strong at. And then when you're done, I'm going to tell you what you're strong at. And so we started with something very obvious. I told Benjamin, man, you have a gift of preaching and teaching. Man, when you speak, it's so powerful. And he's like, mm, yeah, yeah. And then he, uh, you have a gift of missions. Man, you have, and it's obvious, right? And we all know. I mean, you don't think he's going to be that encouraged with something that's so obvious. We think. Mm-hmm. But that two hours have been, I mean, we had a breakthrough. And I was like, Benjamin, you have, a, you have gift of understanding and revelation. And we're going back and forth. And like, he's tear. Oh, my God. I, I, I want to cry right now. Ben, uh, Sonny, I, I just want to cry. And he was just like tearing up and crying. And we experienced breakthrough with obvious words. He knew. I knew. I knew. He knew. But we established each other in our strengths. And we felt so renewed physically, relationally, you know, spiritually. That's how powerful our words are. You have power to establish your future now. But it's not just when you're praying. You understand? It's not when you come to all night prayer and during your quiet time. It's daily. When you are in the car and you're frustrated. When you are in a, a little bit, little fight with your loved ones. Wherever you are on a day-to-day basis, whatever is in your heart establishes your future. Your words are powerful. God gave me a job today. Today, supernaturally, it's hard. If I speak Korean and English, it's hard to forget one language. You hear me? For me to fully express my heart, I have to speak both Korean and English. Right? But God wants to get rid of one language from your heart. God, tonight, God wants to remove the language of the devil. God wants to remove the language of unbelief. See, a lot of times when we talk to one another, you think, no, I believe. But it's so obvious what's in your heart. Because it's hard for you to believe in your situation. It's so easy for you to believe for other sisters. 
But for your situation, but for your family, but for your own mother or your own brother, it's so much harder. And you are so comfortable speaking that language of unbelief in your situations. But what we don't understand is that when, if you remain there, if you continue to remain there, you are establishing your future. You are establishing unbelief. You hear me? So I want you to stand up with me right now. I want you to believe that, that today, from tonight, you are going to forsake the language of the devil. Every one of you, you've been speaking it. To one another, to yourself, you've been speaking it. And it has become part of the house that you've been building. And you question, I don't understand, I believe. But when you look at your house, there's unbelief, of patches of unbelief all over. But tonight, God wants to remove all that. Amen? Amen? And you're going to establish one another with your words in truth. Whatever is in your heart. You know, sometimes when people come to you and they try to be encouraging and they speak the truth, but for some reason, it's not like penetrating into your heart. Two reasons. One, because faith isn't in your heart. And two, faith wasn't in their heart. It feels fake. It sounds fake. You hear me? So I want you to close your eyes. I want you to lift your hands or whatever it takes. I want you to, I want you to just believe today. Just believe my words that God is removing that language. God is removing the language of the devil. God is removing the language of unbelief out of you. So Father, right now, as you have spoken to us this night, you are removing the devil's language out of our heart. God, many times we're not even aware how much we've been speaking the devil's language. God, we have no idea how much we have been establish our, establishing our loved ones, God, in doom, God, in unbelief through our words, through what's in our heart. So, Father, tonight, you're doing some spring cleaning in our hearts. You're going inside of our hearts. I want you to imagine the Spirit of God coming inside of your heart and spring cleaning. Kind of like opening the windows of your heart and blowing away unbelief. Blowing away fear. Blowing away the words of unbelief. Hmm? So Spirit of God, tonight, by faith, we believe. Empower our precious sisters to speak your language. To establish ourselves and, un- and one another with your truth. With blessings and prosperities. In Jesus' name. One more thing before we go. I want you to go two by two right now. Person next to you, two by two. Behind. However, come on, two by two. And I want you to establish your sister in the truth. Okay? So I want you to pray. The, I, what you don't understand is how prophetic we are. You don't have to know that person to establish that person in the truth of God. 
Amen. So I want you to establish each other in the truth, and I want you to seal it. I want you to seal that your sister that you pray for, that your sister that you're holding hands to, you're gonna, you're going to seal that person with the language of faith. Amen. Come on, come on, establish each other, each other right.